Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Coming up on in-flight snack, the Jets are eliminated from the playoffs for the 13th consecutive year. It'll be a losing season for the eighth consecutive season. And the biggest question to me is after all the camera cuts on CBS cut to Aaron Rodgers on the sideline, does that guy even want to be here anymore? I answer that question a whole lot more coming up next on in-flight snack. All the major sports are in action this week with college football playoffs ready to kick off. BetOnline is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news for pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, and NHL games this season. Head to the website today to get into the action and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code BELIEVE to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Third line ready. The snap clean, the placement down, the kick is up, and the kick hooks to the left. He's got the angle. He's got blockers. Powell working the sidelines. Powell goes all the way. Touchdown, Jets. Yo, it's Quinn Williams here, and you listen to In Flight Snack on the Believe Podcast Network. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Welcome back to In Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. That's Bilal Powell. My name is Rami Lavi. And well, same old, same old, I guess. The Jets lose 30 to nothing 
in Miami on Sunday and are eliminated from the playoffs for the 13th consecutive year. They'll be under 500 for the eighth consecutive year. Blah. Uh, your weekend was better than mine. I assume I watched the game. It wasn't great. You were out there coaching your football team, whooping some ass, at least on Sunday yesterday. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, man. And and I, I'm right with you when I hear this news about the the New York Jets being eliminated once again and just finishing with a 500 to worst record for the eighth consecutive year. I mean, when you hear that as an organization, that should motivate you to to go out and get the players to help you win I, I, and, and and really just figure out what's the root of the problem in the organization, man. This is why it's typical Jets. And I talked about this last week, and it's funny because you um, you weren't around last week. And I was going to say positive things. I had all these stats that were positive stats. I had positive Zach Wilson stats. I had so many things that were going to be fun, positive Jets conversation. Uh, but you like the negative better, I guess, because here you are showing up after the worst loss of the season. Um, but I saw something that Connor Hughes wrote, and it's so perfect. And so I'll read it in a second because this team, we got the news Sunday morning that Rogers or uh, late Saturday night, Rogers will be activated if the Jets find a way to win. And it's like, all you got to do is find a way against a team that's missing their MVP, right? Uh, their offense, think about what they looked like Miami's offense against Tennessee without Tyree Kill. They were lost, right? It was like they forgot how to play football when they didn't have Tyreek Hill on the field. He is the team MVP. He could be the league MVP, in my opinion. And you find out he's not playing, and it's like, all right, if you all you have to do is find a way to win after coming off your best win of the season. Also, they weren't going to have their, their center. Miami was without their center. Just find a way to win if you're the Jets. And Rodgers makes his historic comeback. And who knows, even if he doesn't end up bringing you to the playoffs and then you don't win out. It just changes the narrative for the last few weeks of the season. It makes something positive. You know, like I think about it, like when the giants were two and eight and then all of a sudden Tommy DeVito comes in and they, they change the narrative. Tommy DeVito turned back into a pumpkin last night and they probably won't win more than five or six games all year, but it just changes the narrative. It brings something positive. That's what you had an opportunity to do. And it was typical jets. Then the worst or in the, game that they needed most the game that was most important they lost by the most points so Connor Hughes wrote the Jets endured their lo- worst loss of the season in the game they needed most they have them they have only themselves to blame for this year which will fall, fall short of the postseason for a 13th straight year not Aaron Rodgers not injuries it's right he's right they have themselves to blame they have look in the mirror and look at yourself because you had opportunities at every turn, even without Aaron Rodgers. And the Jets do what the Jets have done. And you're a part of this organization. You've been a part of this organization for the last, I guess you were there for 10 years. Why does it seem like with this team that when they need it most, when it's the most important game, that's when they come up the smallest? I think you just have to get the right players. And and, and I've seen it over, over the years. You know, sometimes I feel like the organization chases, they chase the big names. They chase the really big names. And and sometimes big names do not help you win, win football games. I think they just have to find the right players. And and, and as of late, as you see over the past 13 years, 
they haven't had that piece. They haven't had that true quarterback. We, we've seen that. That was the biggest loss that we've taken this year. And then not going to get another quarterback to help this team win. And then you're playing with a Zach Wilson who has been benched now three times this year. It's, it's, it's overwhelming as a professional. And honestly, you look at the defense and, and you can just see these guys starting to shut it down. That team is shutting down this year and they're ready to get on vacation. Right now, the, the football, football is not the biggest thing for them right now. I think they're just trying to go through the motions and it seems like that. It seems like that from a game plan standpoint. It seems like that from an effort standpoint. When you look at the offensive line, those guys look lost. They don't need, they, they look like they have no idea who they're blocking. And the poor guy back there who isn't a good quarterback is looking even worse. He's panicking. He's getting sacked. He went his, it's just comical to me. And, and it's one of those things where, where do you go now? What, what do you take this now? The, being out of the playoffs, where, where is everyone's mindset in that organization? What are you targeting? What are you thinking about now for the future? Honestly, Aaron Rodgers is coming back. Who cares right now? Like, who cares? There's no playoff hopes. And if we hang our expectations on the hat of getting this star quarterback back on the field without a playoff hopes, we're already heading in the wrong direction. I say get him, keep him out no matter what. Keep him out. Get him healthy. Get the right guys in the building. The right guys is going to fit your quarterback. And get the wrong guys out of the building, whoever that may be. I don't care if it's the head coach, the GM, whoever it may be, players, superstar players. Get those guys out of there and get the right guys in that want to win and that want to turn this organization around. And that's what it feels like with this team always. It feels like there's just guys who don't care as much. And it, it sucks to say that, but did you watch Makai Beckton yesterday? I mean, just get run by on every single play. And he didn't allow the team to be competitive in that game. I don't want to put it all on one guy, but the Jets actually get a stop on defense the first drive of the game. They defer to the second half, they get a stop, and then they come out there, and Makai Becton doesn't allow your offense to be competitive. He doesn't allow your team to be competitive because he just didn't show up to work, and it felt like he was almost... Like, you can't be that bad if you're trying. Like... It doesn't make sense. I don't know if he was out partying in, in Miami the night before. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if he's dehydrated. I don't know if he's out of shape. I don't know what's wrong with him. But Makai Becton was the worst player on the field by far. And at some point, have a little pride. And you know what was the biggest thing to me? And this has been a problem for the Jets all year. They don't make adjustments. And it's always been an indictment on the coaching staff. Because Makai was so bad that I thought there was a legitimate chance they should have brought Dwayne Brown in. They activated Dwayne Brown off of IR a few weeks ago. So if Makai looks this bad, Dwayne Brown, there's no way he could be worse. And if Dwayne Brown is actually worse than that, then what an indictment is that on the team that they put Dwayne Brown out there at left tackle week one and expected Rodgers not to get hurt because Rodgers ultimately got hurt because Dwayne Brown got beat. So if Dwayne Brown is not better than what Makai was yesterday and the team knows that, then how the hell did you put Dwayne Brown out there in the first place? And if he is better, then why wasn't the move made yesterday? Hey, listen, you you talking about having Dwayne Brown out there if he's if he's not better than Makai Beckman? Remember, these two guys were on the field the night that Aaron Rodgers got hurt left side, right side. There, yeah. And here we are again. Exactly. So, you know, here, here we are. You, you seeing these guys uh, causing all – I mean – 
it just looked like bad traffic out there when I was watching the game. But it, it wasn't even from an effort standpoint. It just looked like if I just turned the game on, it looked like the New York Jets did not game plan against the Miami Dolphins on offense or defense. And I know McDaniels has a great game plan. The guy is a guru when it comes to being creative. The creativity that I would have liked to see uh, from the Jets, the guy is very creative. We know sometimes when you think you got him, you don't. It just looked like it was no game plan. There's no structure. It looked like someone knows they're about to get fired. That's what it looked like. It looked like someone knows someone in the building is about to get fired and they're just getting through the motions and going through the motions and they're just trying to get to the last game of the season. And now, as a professional, as a former athlete, I know that there are guys who are making business decisions of saying, I just need to get out of the season healthy. I know I'm not probably going to be here next year. I just need to get out of this thing healthy. And you're starting to see that. And I told you about it a few weeks ago. I did not want to get to this point where I can see it looking outside in uh, that these guys are not just giving those efforts. You're seeing Garrett Wilson going off on the sideline once again. I mean, it's just all getting old and you need to really take a step back as an organization and you need to find the root of the problem. A root of the problem that's been going on now for 13 consecutive years. That's that's yeah. the biggest issue right now that needs to be addressed. And I don't know who needs to talk to who, who needs to <laughs> who who needs to fire who, but it needs to be addressed, man. Because I'm tired of seeing it. Uh, you know, now as a fan, I'm tired of being a part of it. I can't cheer it on. It's bad football, and I would like to see the New York Jets head in a new direction. Uh, but let's find out who that who makes that decision. Let's find out if we can get the right guy possibly in the office. Maybe it's the, getting the right piece in the office. And, and maybe the scouting department. I don't know. We have to figure something out because I, I know now, being four years in this thing, Grammy, that these New York Jet fans are miserable watching that. And I'm down here in South Florida. I was surrounded by Dolphin fans at Yard House <laughs> eating and watching this game. And it was it was almost embarrassing uh, wearing my Jets gear down there. So, uh, I can, again, man, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that it has come to this, especially with the expectations that we had in the preseason. The, the energy that I thought was around the team when I went out to training camp. And now to get to this point is, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it is unbelievable. That's the word that you said, and it's crazy. You talked about the fans. I saw a picture and a videos of so many Jet fans at the game yesterday. Like this fan base is so loyal and so hungry, and you give them a little bit of positive, and that's what I talked about with last week. I said there's there's a negative that comes from the positive of last week because you win thirty to six, you put up thirty points in the second half. Zach Wilson does all those things. And it's really more of a slap in the face because it's just to, to knock you back down again. It's it's false hope. It's telling you that all those things, look at, we give you this little tiny bit of hope to show you that we're just everything. We're constantly punching you in the mouth, right? Like all the negative is so much more negative because we showed you what could have been, showed you that little bit of positive. And you talk about the scheme and you talk about what was going on on the field on Sunday. Mike McDaniel and... Robert Sala know each other well, and they've practiced against each other's scheme when they were the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator in San Francisco, right? And it looked like Mike McDaniel knew the defensive scheme, and it looked like Robert Sala had never seen that offensive scheme. 
Like Mike McDaniel, with all his pre-snap motion, we know what he does. He makes it so easy. At what Tua was 13 of 16 in throws under two and a half seconds. You know what you have to do. You have to disrupt their timing. And Robert Sala never made the adjustment. You know what you have to do. They had one guy, Jalen Waddell. Tyreek Hill is out. There's just Jalen Waddle to worry about. I know they have the running backs, but how many times Jalen Waddle, not a single time lined up on the right side because they know that Sauce Garner's staying on the right side. So they lined him up against DJ Reed, and DJ Reed gave up his first touchdown of the season, only his third as a Jet. So I don't want to crush DJ Reed, but it wasn't working. He was getting cooked all day by him, and Salah never made an adjustment. It was like one guy schemed the perfect offense to beat the Jets' defensive scheme. And it's almost like he knew the defensive scheme. And you know he does know the defensive scheme because they did it together. But why isn't Salah smart enough that he should know the offensive scheme, right? Because he practiced against it in San Francisco the same way. And Salah just is ill-prepared and this team is ill-prepared. And you wonder right now because the Jets are now 3-12 and against the AFC East in the Douglas Salah years. That's 3-12 and against their divisional <laughs> rivals in the Sala years and seven of those 12 losses are double digit losses. So when you talk about getting up and getting ready for the biggest games, Robert Sala does not have this team ready for the biggest games. And that is the biggest indictment on him as a coach. Yeah. And, and listen, I agree. I mean, when you talking about a rival, we talked about this. So at, at what point is it not considered a rival anymore? If you're getting beat year in and year out, um, you know, it's one of those things, too, is usually it's always like it's hard to beat a team a second time. So I was assuming that the New York Jets were going to go into Miami playing those guys a little tougher, knowing that they played them in previous years, uh, weeks, in the previous weeks. So, you know, to see what Miami did without Tariq Hill and what they did to that defense and how the Miami Dolphins defense embarrassed they embarrassed the New York Jets offense. They embarrassed them. It looked like a, a practice squad going up against your starting defense and they're going off of these cards and the defense just knew exactly what you were doing. You didn't know what to do. And it just looked like a bunch of chaos. And it's just one of those things is, like I said, it goes back to are these coaches hearing things about who's being fired, moving pieces in the office, if you know you're about to get fired deep down, do you think I, I want to sit here and prepare for a game? That's what it's look, it looked like on both sides of the ball. And I hate to say it because they did come off a very good win against a very good football team on that Houston game. And like you said, to give that little life again to want to put your New York Jets gear back on and cheer on the New York Jets. And then here we come in Miami and just lay an egg and lay an egg. So, you know, I, I'm tired of seeing it. I know, other guys are tired of seeing it. I know fans are tired of seeing it. And I would hope that the organization, management, that they're tired of seeing it. And the question is what they do about it, though, because, yes, we're all tired of it. And Woody Johnson, I'm sure, is tired of it. He's watching his counterpart, the other owner, do the waddle in the in their press box, right? And there was, there was nothing, nothing for you to even cheer about. At one point, Quinn Williams had a sack and he did the waddle a little bit. And Quinn Williams has been awesome. And he was awesome again in this game, but you, you know how bad it is. It's gotten so bad that they've turned Zach Wilson into a sympathetic f- uh, figure. Like we now feel sorry for Zach Wilson, especially the way he played against 
Houston, it was almost like, oh, wait, maybe this kid does have something. And I still don't think he's going to be a successful NFL quarterback. But it was like, oh, wait, maybe this kid does have something to him. And now you feel bad for him. Like when they were down 10 nothing, they stopped, they stopped running the ball. They just stopped. But instead, they still ran play action every single time as if that's going to help. You're going to run play action every time he turned around. Everyone knew you were throwing the ball because you completely abandoned the run. The only difference is now this is a slow developing play. And the second he turned around, Bradley Chubb is in his face. So Zach Wilson, I mean, I feel bad for him. And then the reporting, it's so messy. And Robert Sala, again, clunky in the media afterwards. They take him out of the game first. The broadcast says it's dehydration. Then they said it's a head injury, but it's not a concussion. And then they say it's a concussion, yeah. but he also got x-rays for something else. And then after the game, they asked Sala. And instead of just saying, yeah, it's a concussion, he's like, uh, well, the independent uh, guy who took him off the field said he didn't have a concussion, but then we put him in the protocol later. It's like, why'd you tell us that the independent observer cleared him and then you put him in? Just tell us that he has a concussion. I think they put him in concussion protocol so that he doesn't have to talk to the media. I think Robert Sala had a deal with Zach Wilson in place two weeks ago and said, I'm not going to put you in a bad spot again. And you feel bad for him. This is a kid who literally told DJ Reed, what's the worst that's going to happen? I'll get benched again. He literally said that to DJ Reed before last game. And it's like, you know it's bad, if now we feel bad for Zach Wilson, we feel like he's a victim in all of this, a kid who's definitely not absolved of blame here. Like this kid also sucked. Like there's everything around him sucked, but this kid also sucks. And yet I feel bad for him because as much as he sucks, he just didn't suck as much as everyone else. Hey, listen, and, and with Zach Wilson, let's be honest. I don't think Zach Wilson wants to be a part of this organization anymore. I think that's fair to say. I think Neither it's fair to I. say that he, I don't think he wants to be a part of the organization. I don't think the coaches want to be a part of the organization right now. Whoever's doing the play calling, the game planning, you can see it. You know, unfortunately, this is one of those things now is, hey, let's just get through the season and prepare for offseason, wherever that may look. And we know the turnaround in this league. We, we know how hard it's going to be to keep this defense together for next year. And then you got so many missing pieces and parts that you have to fix on the offensive line, on the offensive side of the ball. And, and, and so now you're back to almost square one. After all this hoorah and all this in preseason, you're back to square one without the pieces of being on that defensive side of the ball. Like how many guys are you going to be able to keep on that defensive side of the ball? It, it not, not, you, you're not in this league. It's so hard to keep a top defense together for consecutive years. And here we are, the year two, year two. In a, with a top-tier defense, year before was top-five defense. But yet, we can't find the pieces on the offensive side of the ball. So I think there needs to be uh, – we need to come to the round table. We need to sit down, and we need to say, with open hearts and open minds, with Aaron Rodgers saying, hey, I'm tired of being in a losing organization, like he said, right, and put the pieces together. I don't care. Go get someone that's going to help you win. For, for a long time. I'm tired of it, Rami. I'm, it's, you know. It's yeah, I, I think we're all tired of it. And what's crazy is you talk about guys not wanting to be a part of this organization anymore. The camera kept cutting Taron Rodgers. You mentioned him. He doesn't want to be part of a losing organization. The guy looks furious. He's shaking his head. He looks angry because he wanted to have this historic comeback as much as anyone. And he was holding on to the last sliver of hope that I was going to do this 
he had the toughest he's he said this that this has been the toughest season for him both physically and mentally with the fighting back and his age and not being with the team and watching the team lose and trying to he wanted to give himself just a chance to come back and do something historic that was his motivation and the jets stole it from him and he looked like he doesn't want to be here anymore and that's the crazy part because Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. It's going to be an interesting conversation when we hear from him with Pat McAfee tomorrow. I don't know if Pat's going to ask him the questions that we, you know, like I, we always talk about. It's a paid segment, right? So Rodgers gets paid for those. And so the questions are usually softball questions that Rodgers likes to have fun with. So I don't know if Pat's going to say, hey, are you mad at this team? We saw all those videos of you on Sunday. You look really furious at this organization. I don't know if Pat's going to ask that question. I would bet he's not going to ask that question. But if I'm a Jets fan and I'm the Jets, I'm starting to get worried and nervous that this guy doesn't want to be here anymore. We've seen this for the last 13 years as fans and longer than that. But for the last 13 years, it's been awful. You've seen it for the last four years. Rogers got it to see it up close and personal on Sunday. And he got to see just how bad it is being a Jets fan and rooting for this team to win. And how dysfunctional it gets on the sideline on a Sunday like that. Like you mentioned, Garrett Wilson yelling at him on the sideline. Could Aaron Rodgers potentially want out? Let's get into that next. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers and potentially what could be his next move. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. All right, coming back, I mentioned going into the break, Aaron Rodgers could potentially ask out, and I think this is a real scenario. His money is a tradable money. Everyone talks about how he took less money for next year. His contract is tradable after this year, and I never thought of it this way, but basically because he gave up so much money, a lot of the money was on the front end, was the guaranteed money was on the front end that first year, which is this year that he got hurt. And next year, his contract 
is actually really movable. So maybe it was Rogers all along being like, hey, if it doesn't work out year one, if it's really bad, now I can ask for a trade again. To me, it's like, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, why am I sticking around here? I have one last shot to go on a playoff run, to do something special, a couple of years in the league. Why would I want to do it in an organization that he's called a losing organization, an organization that's clearly not ready to win, and in an organization that has made me miserable because clearly he looks miserable on that sideline? Listen, I, for, for years, Rami, I've heard if you want to kill your career, come to New York. <laughs> come to New York. And it was hard for me to believe because I played my entire career there. And I and I was pretty consistent with my numbers and production. So I don't want to believe that rumor. And I'm sure when Aaron Rodgers took this, this job, he took this opportunity, I'm sure he said, well, I'm Aaron. I'm a winner. I can go and change that. Uh, I, I guess he had to see for his own eyes. And now that he's already stated that, I think he's out. I, I think he I think he wants out. I mean, you, you don't state something like that and then try to come back to that same organization. How are you able to look not only your teammates in the eyes, but guys in management and ownership saying that this is a losing organization? So to me, that's telling him he's probably going to throw in a towel and, and request a trade. I'm not sure if it'll happen. But you don't come out and say something if you don't believe it. And I think he finally seen it firsthand that this is a losing organization. I think it's safe to say 13 consecutive years of not seeing the playoffs, scratching or sniffing the playoffs. What, eight consecutive years of 500, under being under 500? That's insane. So, you know, he knew what he was getting himself into. I think he just thought, hey, I'm Aaron Rodgers. I can go in and change this. But then when he got hurt, he kind of seen things from outside in on the being a player, but stepping back and being able to see everything. And I think that's how he, you know, formed his opinion about what he really stated when he said this is a losing organization. So now from an organization standpoint, what do you do with a guy like that? What do you do? Yeah. Do you bring him back? Do you trade for him? Do you do you bow down to his needs to where he now has full control of who's in, who's out from a coaching staff all the way down to the janitor? Like, do you give him those that free range? Like, what do you do with a guy like that? Well, I think the Jets, they attach themselves to this wagon, right? They've gone this far in. They have to. They have to just do whatever he wants to try and make him happy, to try and make him stay because you're the team that you basically traded for him I think here's what happened. If, if Again, I don't know this for a fact. I think the only team that was going to trade for him was the Jets. The only situation that made sense was the Jets. And so Aaron Rodgers said, I want to play for the Jets. I don't think anyone actually wants to play for the Jets. I think he chose the Jets because he knew that was his way to get out of Green Bay. But right now, when he looks around, I'm serious when I say this. I don't think Aaron Rodgers will ever play another down of football for the New York Jets. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to request a trade. And I'll tell you where he's going to go. Aaron Rodgers is going to say, I want to be with my buddy in Las Vegas. I'll be on the strip, another big city, an opportunity for me to do more business deals like he's already been doing in New York. He's been building his brand all year off the field while he's been hurt. He could go to Vegas and he could play with Devontae Adams. Antonio Pierce has those guys playing hard. They just came back from a game where they scored zero points and they scored 63 points the next week with Aiden O'Connell. You think with Aaron Rodgers in there, a couple of, Fixing up here and there, you, they wouldn't be better. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be gone. And if Aaron Rodgers gives the Jets an opportunity and says, hey, 
Let me bring in my own head coach. Let me bring in. You have to do whatever he says to try and get him to stay here because the way it looks now, I don't think Rodgers will stay here. I think Rodgers is as good as gone. And that leaves you at square one being with Zach Wilson as your QB one. (laughs) And I just said at this time and point in Aaron Rodgers' career, I think it's more about, you know, obviously he wants to win another Super Bowl. I think he's seeing what he's seen what uh, Tom Brady did his first year in Tampa. This guy wants a Super Bowl, but he also has to think about business and life after football. So he's going to put himself in a situation where he can go and make some business moves. And, and I really like that Las Vegas idea. Uh, I mean, that doesn't seem like a bad idea. You have a good a good receiver over there and you have a really good running back over there. So, yeah. you know, that that seems like a good good move to me, at, you know, being that my days are numbered as a, you know, one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it. But like I said, man, for him to mention that, that just says enough about his future here in New York. So now from New York, where do you go? Now, now you're you're talking about you're hearing your quarterback state all this money, a guy who you rolled the red carpet out for, uh, a, a guy who, you know, pretty much you, you kept around. You had hopes of coming back to, to save your organization. So where do you go from here? Like, at what point do we uh, or I shouldn't say we is the organization uh you know, put our foot down and say, okay, well, let's go get a big time head coach that's not going to worry about who you are, what type of caliber player, and you're going to buy into their system, a system that has been proven. I think that's the number one thing right now is getting that head coach in that has the, the that has the backbone to say, hey, this is my system. This is how I'm going to do it. No one else, this is how I'm going to do it. I don't care who you are. You're going to buy in. And I know that my system works. So where do you go from here? That's the big story right now. Because if Rodgers is staying, then you can make the case that whatever he says goes. And that's what you should do. Because at this point, the Jets should be desperate to try and keep him happy. Because you went all in on this guy. And there's still a chance. You're still in the Super Bowl window. But if he's leaving... Then you just clean house. If he's staying, it's whatever he says. If he says he wants Nathaniel Hackett to be the head coach, you make Nathaniel Hackett the head coach. If he says he wants Salah to stay, Salah stays. If he says he wants Salah gone, Salah's gone. Same thing with Joe Douglas. Whatever he says, the Jets should be willing to do because at this point, they are desperate. You have to keep him happy and you go into next year with, all right, it didn't work last year, but Rodgers is bought in. He's He has a chip on his shoulder. He has something to prove coming off the injury. That's the best version of Rodgers when he's got something to prove. Let's go run it back next year and hopefully he doesn't get hurt again and we have a chance at the Super Bowl in the next year or two. Perfect. If he's gone, fire everyone. Get rid of everyone because this is such an organizational failure from the top down. The only problem is we've gone through this cycle so many times. You talk about bringing an adult in. I don't know if a Harbaugh or a Bill Belichick is going to come here. I hope one of those guys comes here because that's the only solution in all this is a Jim Harbaugh is a Bill Belichick, even a Mike Tomlin from, uh, from Pittsburgh. If it gets stale there, one of those guys is going to have to be the guy to come in here and change it. Cause otherwise it's the same cycle, whether it's a Todd Bowles, Adam Gase, Robert Sala, they're all the same. It's 15 years of none of them making the playoffs, right? 13 years now, but 13 years and none of those guys in their tenure made the playoffs. And only one of them in Todd Bowles ever had a winning season. So what's going to change 
if you just do the whole thing all over again, it's just the same cycle again, again, and again. And it's an endless cycle of insanity. And honestly, it falls at the feet of the owner. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. He gets too involved with running the team. And it's just the same cycle. And I, I can't believe it's ever going to end. And at this point on a Monday after a 30 nothing loss, 30 nothing in the biggest game of your season, you lost 30 nothing. It feels like I don't even know how Robert Sala has a job today unless it's Aaron Rodgers saying, I still want him around because that's that's the last thing. It's just praying that Rodgers doesn't want to leave. Let me ask you this question, okay, from just your opinion, all right? Let's say Aaron does leave. You say clear house. Who do, as an owner, who do you pick first? Do you pick the GM first and let him pick his head coach? Or do you pick your head coach first and let him pick the GM? That's the biggest thing right now because for a second there, I thought I thought Joe and, and, and Robert had had a really good chemistry. They I do. They, had, they, they, they have a really good chemistry. So if you do decide to clear house as an owner, all right, and we're not just talking about football, we're talking about the management side and the staff. Who who do you pick first? Who do you as an owner? Who's more important to you? Is it the GM or is it the head man calling the shots? Like who do you go get first? Well, if I'm the owner, what I would do essentially is I would keep Joe Douglas in his role, and I would tell I would fire everyone else, and I would keep Joe Douglas in his role. I would try and keep Jeff Ulbrich, but you can't force a coordinator on a new uh, on a new head coach. But what I would do is I would go to Jim Harbaugh in Michigan or I would go to Bill Belichick up in New England or I would go to Pittsburgh to Mike Tomlin and I would say, look, you have say in personnel. Joe Douglas is still going to be here. He's the general manager, but you still have say in personnel. And if those guys say, hey, we're willing to come with a GM and title already there because Bill Belichick is the GM and the head coach in New England, right? Harbaugh is essentially the GM and the head coach. Obviously, in Michigan, it's different in college where you're in charge of everything when you're the head coach. There is no GM. But I think if you go to one of those guys and you say, hey, we're still going to have Joe there, but you're going to come in and you'll obviously have a lot of say on the personnel decisions. That's, I think, the best thing that you can do. If you're not getting one of those guys, then I think you... Like I said, you you have to get the the GM first. You have to build from the top down. You have to build some sort of functional structure. And the sad part is, like you said, I think Robert Sala and Joe Douglas worked well together, had a good relationship. I don't think you could force Joe Douglas to fire Robert Sala unless you know you're getting something better. And I don't know. It's just tough. There's there's no um, there's no right answer. What would you do? Honestly. I probably would. I probably would fire. I wouldn't say fired because we're talking about clearing house. All right. If everyone was gone, and this is a scenario I'm talking about, I'm not saying yeah. anyone's get fired. Just say if if everyone was to get cleared out, I would definitely get. I would find my head coach first. I would find my find head coach. Find the guy. Yep. Who's going to communicate with the players? Gonna, have that connection. Exactly. I would find a head coach that's going to coach. My because at the end of the day, it's about the players, then the and coach, then the culture. Manager. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's about the the head coach, and then you go get your general manager together. Head coach and head coach and owner together, because now you have a guy in there 
that once you figure out that, okay, he has a good system, he knows football, now you go out and get a guy that can manage that side of, of the organization. It, it, That's it interesting that you say that, though. It, it's, yeah. it's the opposite of what a lot of people say, and I think I don't think you're wrong. I think you're actually right about that. Yeah, I just feel like the biggest piece is like, hey, it's about the players. The players are going to help you win. Yeah. Right? Without the players, yeah. is nothing. Like, players can go line up there without coaches. Coaches can't go out there and, and line up without players. If there's 11 players on a football field, there doesn't have to be a coach on the sideline. You get what yeah. I'm saying? So it's, it has to start from the bottom. Everybody always talks about the top down. I think it has to start from the bottom up, right? You, you find the play, like you ha- you find your coach, and now your coach look, can look at the players within his organ within the organization and say, okay, he fits, he fits, he doesn't. Okay, now I have an idea. Now you go to the now you as a as a defensive minded or a, a football minded guy sit in with the owner and say, okay. Well, what are you good at? Are you good at managing money? Do you really know ball? And then you go get your general manager. The general yeah. manager, only, he's only there to manage the, I mean, what he's bringing in guys. Why would a general manager bring, bring in players? And as a coach, I say, well, he doesn't fit my scheme. I don't care. He's coming. Or would I say, right. hey, he fits my scheme. Okay, general manager, I'll go get him. Let's see how we can make and manage the money. Like, that's how it's supposed to be. And that's what happened to Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan yeah. couldn't get the players to fit his scheme because there was so there was no communication within the staff in in on in the John Insick's an idiot, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, Mike yeah, I, I said it. I like, yeah, oh, Mike Tannenbaum, yeah, yeah, but yeah, not Insick. Like the worst. Oh my but, god, um, but that's the yeah. what happened. I have a question for you, actually, and then I know you got to run, so so we'll wrap with this. I do want to talk about maybe on on uh, Thursday we'll talk about your your team. We'll talk about Kentucky and all that and the stuff you're doing out there coaching because that's awesome stuff. I'm seeing some of the videos online, but one question before we go: a guy who just got dominated yesterday, a guy who has been made fun of as sometimes making the wrong decisions in big spots, but a guy who Aaron Rodgers loves, although he's had trouble with him at times, Mike McCarthy. If he gets fired in Dallas, if they fold again, where their high watermark of the season, where they peak in week 15 again for the 20th consecutive year that the Dallas Cowboys peaked in week 15, and then it was downhill from there. If Mike McCarthy gets fired after getting blown out in Buffalo last night, obviously he'd get fired after the season. If they lose in the first round of the playoffs again to a Philadelphia, to a San Francisco, whatever it is, uh, would you say, hey, Aaron, Last ditch effort. Let's try and keep you here. Here's Mike McCarthy. Is that a guy that you look at as one of those guys who's an adult in the room and can really change the culture? But didn't he have a chance to come here and, and didn't? That's correct. Yeah, but he, he had, didn't have Aaron Rodgers at the time. New York. I, I understand Aaron's there, but don't don't think he's not hearing Aaron talk about how bad the organization is. So yeah, but he, that's your opportunity. Hey, Aaron's still here. Now we could change the organization together. Let's build green. Look, you want Green Bay in New York? We got Cobb. We got Hackett. We got we got Lazard. We got all these guys. It's Green Bay in New York. That's not a bad. That's not a bad candidate. That's that. Yeah. That's not. Yeah, you that's said some awesome. very some very big names: Tomlin and Belichick and you know Harbaugh and McCarthy is not a bad candidate for the job, man. And and honestly, I think like that's. If that's like the third, if that's like the next level of options, like I love those three guys would be at the top for me, really Harbaugh and Belichick. 
if it's the next level of guy, I think, yeah, why not a McCarthy? Like, especially yeah. if they'll keep Rodgers happy. Like I said, I think they're they're hanging on by a thread, Taron Rodgers. So mm-hmm. I, I would do it. Yes, he, he has free range, honestly. At, at this time in his career, you know, there's there's plenty of I think there's a handful of organizations that probably would trade for Aaron, even even after yeah. you know a, a torn uh, Achilles. So you know, I think he has the upper hand in whether he stays or goes um, in his organization. But McCarthy is definitely not a bad candidate for the job, and um, I like what he's doing. I don't think they fire him, even if they lose. Yeah, it's tough though, because it's so many years of. I mean, that look, that's the big thing. Look, Jason Garrett was there forever, and they never fired him. So it, maybe you're right. Maybe you know uh, Jones is so is so loyal that he just doesn't fire him, right? Yeah, I don't like, think so. and he's just like, hey, I, I just I want to keep uh, I want to keep this guy just like he kept Jason Garrett around forever. And after Cowboy fans are clamoring for him to be fired, but it feels like another year you brought him here to take you over the top and you won one playoff game so far with him so if it's another year of a first round exit i don't, I don't know if he sticks around again this is the best year that that dak has had and of course mccarthy also took the play calling back from Callum Moore. so Callum Moore decides to leave and get a, a coordinator job somewhere else which now how's that worked out for him right because staley gets fired out there in LA, so Callum Moore probably is a good candidate to be that head coach if they don't get bill belichick they fire the head coach and the general manager. So I think I think the Chargers have a really good shot at getting Belichick and say, hey, you could have both those jobs. All right. Um, that's gonna do it for us. Unless you got anything else, you got anything else for us? No, I'm good, man. All right. So we'll talk again Thursday. We'll talk about different things. Like I said, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers will be interesting tomorrow. I'm sure the press conference today with Robert Sala will be interesting. A whole bunch of stuff, another mess to clean up, another season that's lost, another season down the drain. Uh, but we'll still be here for you. We'll have some fun guests. We'll bring some of your former teammates on. We have some people in the media. We have people in broadcasting. We'll do a whole bunch of fun stuff. So stick with us. Like, subscribe, share it with a friend. Until next time, Bilal, I'll see you, all right? All right, man. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh. <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. 
Hey, look at you! Florist by day, student by night, student by day, nurse by night. Since 1998, Penn State World Campus has led the charge in online education, offering access to more than 175 in-demand programs taught by our expert faculty. We offer flexible schedules, scholarships, and tuition plans to help you reach your educational goals online. Penn State World Campus delivers on your time. Click the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. That's worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.